are you now, are now listening, listening to, to The War Report. Let's talk basketball. Let's talk basketball. We Auburn family had a great night last night. Great night last night because Auburn swept Bama to the lovely tune. They dropped a honey on them. They honey. dropped a century on Bama. Guys, how we feeling about this, man? Like, you know, like, Bama had just beaten Baylor, you know, it was riding high. They wanted to come in. They were motivated for us. But how do, how we feel, how we feel about beating a team which people are saying that Bama will still get in the tournament. Um, they do have some impressive wins, but how do we feel about beating a team the way that we did on our home court? Um, let me tell you something. That win was satisfying. It, it's satisfying because, God, if you spend any time on, like, Auburn Twitter, Bama fans really hate the joy that we have Oh, they ha- over oh basketball right now. Yeah. Oh, my God. They hate it. Oh, they, my God. They hate it because they lost the national title to Stetson Bennett, to Mr. Regular himself. And then <laughs> we kicked their butts at basketball in their house, made them think they could win, and took it away. And then they come down to our house, and the number one team in the nation wipes the floor with your literal ass. Guys, I, I, this is, it, was, it felt really, really good. And I, we're calling this the Iron Bowl of basketball, but this, this is starting to take on some meaning now. Auburn is number one. Bama was ranked as high as number six at some point. Yeah. So they're, you know, they won't, they don't like to admit it, but there is definitely some disappointment around the fact that this team is not as good as they thought they were. Now, some Gonzaga fans <laughs> found my Twitter <laughs> last night. <laughs> and uh I, I tweeted something. It wasn't crazy, and it wasn't me just taking a super shot at them. But I said, hey guys, like we're scrubbing Bama right now. Like this Alabama team beat Baylor and Gonzaga. And I'm starting to think that those teams are just not that good. Now, I don't know whether that was a fair statement or not. The Gonzaga fans sure didn't think so. (laughs) And he was like, you know, we're a better team now than we were then. I was like, you know what? That's a fair point because I can say the same thing for Auburn. We definitely are a better team. That's factual. But I would argue that we've tested ourselves much more since then than they have. Oh, for sure. To know that we're a better team now than we were when we lost to UConn. So, um... I followed the dude. He followed me back. There's a happy ending to this story, I promise. Like, it was like, it was, it didn't get contentious. It was just like, hey, listen, I said, hey, that's fair. If I don't follow enough Gonzaga basketball to say that you have not improved, thank you for not telling me about my team, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank you for not telling me Auburn is not as good. We don't, the truth is, we don't know. I think it would be a hell of a game, right? So it ended friendly. One of his buddies tried to jump in and start an argument, but we had already made peace. And uh, I was I was just kind of taken back. It's, it's, so this win meant something. Now, I will tell you, I did have... Well, I'll talk about that later. But yeah, it was it meant something. This was a meaningful and a sweep. And Broom, 
like like uh uh Bruce Pearl got the broom from a student and was like, yeah, bitch. Well, right? Yeah, it was. He crane kicked. Yeah. He grabbed the broom. (laughs) Oh, my God. He was going off. Tell me that didn't mean something. Look at the coach celebrating with the kids and tell me that that didn't mean something. That was was amazing. And to do it, and to, I mean, like, listen, when they got 81 instead of 80, I was mad. Because I wanted it to be 20. I called a blowout. I said, blowout. I want them blown out and off the floor. They delivered. Mm. Love it. Speaking of speaking of a person delivering, let's talk about player of the game. It was a close one this go round. Mm-hmm. Some very, very, very productive guys. Mike G, who is it? <laughs> ah, big sexy. Where are you? There you go. My guy. Yeah, man. Walker Kessler. Almost had another triple dub. 14 points, 6 mm. of 9, 12 boards, 1 assist, 4 steals, 8 blocks. There's no telling how many shots he altered. There's no stat for that, but I, it had to be. Normal. If that was a stat, he probably would have had a triple-double. He was just occupying the paint and just giving Bama a hard time. Bama had 22 points in the paint, I believe, um, and he played a major part of it guys walker got to play this game he wasn't in foul trouble and we Mm. saw the impact i personally felt like watching walker kessler and 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 b and ike you can jump in i felt like watching him and watching you know guys like shackleford and quinterly get theirs i realized you know bama's not really getting much on the inside we can almost let these two go off and defend everyone else, and we still win by at least 10. That's where that game was going. Of course, there were some dry spells in there with us scoring, but at the rate we were going, I felt comfortable with how Walker Kessler was defending versus what everyone else on Bama's team was doing. I never felt like they was going to overtake us, even with their runs. But what do you guys think? Um, They're they're exactly what Ike said said they were all season. They they are a streaky jump shooting team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so let me let me let me say this and and be very clear about it for any Alabama fan out there. I'm gonna say two things. Uh, I'm gonna hurt your feelings, then I'm gonna give you a little um, salve. All right. First and foremost, you're lying to yourselves if you say you don't care, because the only reason you don't care is because you're lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's be clear about that. Big because thanks. in the preseason, I watched you talk. Mad junk about how Bama was going to be a better basketball team than Auburn this year. Mm-hmm. I watched you do this. After you beat Gonzaga, I watched you celebrate how good your basketball team was and how y'all were going to be good in basketball and football. I watched you do this. And now all of a sudden, when you got drummed, Ah oh, man, you know, but we still, you know, y'all, you, football the only thing actually matters. Football. You are salty. Why is there so much salt out here on the internet these days? It was a whole bunch of salt in Kentucky, and then it just, it's a salt storm made its way down to Tuscaloosa. Number one I don't exporter. understand what's happening. Salt Lake. Stop <laughs> being salty. Just say, you know what? You guys have a really good basketball team this year. And and have the 
The most insufferable football fan base to ever exist has the nerve <laughs> to say that Auburn's basketball fan base is like some come lately. Like, like most of y'all cannot name a player on the Shula football team. Can't name right. them. Right. But you, you want to say we're front runners. Stop. We were just in the final four too. Get help. Get help. I don't still stand over. It's okay. It's it's okay. It's okay to be sad that your basketball team is just kind of okay. Here's the part where I'm nice to you. Got a lot of talent on that bat. Uh, Javon Quinterly is a baller. Sure. Boy can just straight up, like he could just straight up hoop, bro. Like there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's a baller. He He is one of the more complete guards in the nation. Because he can shoot it from the outside. He can distribute. He can get to the lane at will. He finishes yep. really well with both hands. Quinterly can ball. Shackelford can ball. He's a little streaky. He takes some bad shots, but the boy can shoot. He can definitely finish when he gets to the lane. His defense a little, uh, but he can hoop, right? Like, I just, uh, but that's kind of where it stops on your squad. Keon um, Ellis, is he's cool. Like, he can shoot a little bit too. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying y'all. the rest of them are scrubs. But the issue is, it really stops after about two or three dudes. Yeah. I, I, I tweeted this last night. I scored as many points last night as J.D. Davidson did. Oh, bro. J.D. Davidson. <laughs> J.D. Davidson. Let's talk about this. He was getting fried on the Twitter. The memes? Oh, the memes were, were epic. Delicious. They were, they were, they so were amazing. Mm, extra baked. Toasty. <laughs> Oh, deep fried. Three piece. <laughs> oh my God. With the fucking fried. Well, I was going to say, well, I was going to say with the biscuit. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was thinking green acres and BM, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You get a slice of red just, herbs and spices. So I'm just, <laughs> I, I, like, listen, I, I understand, but, but I mean, listen, that doesn't mean that Bama doesn't have a talented basketball team. That doesn't mean they won't be good next year. I'm just saying, take your L and calm down. Um, uh, Alabama men's basketball Twitter. Come on, man. Let's be for real, bro. J.D. Davidson stat line 0 for 5 for 0 points. He no rebounds. Like he had, it wasn't like he was forcing. Like he had wide open looks. Mm-hmm. Four assists, one steal, zero blocks. I mean, two personal fouls. I mean, God, what what a what a disappearing act. And and they shot 35 percent from the field as a team. It was as low as like twenty two percent at one point in the second, yeah. like deep in the first half. And that's sure. and that is the essential issue with Alabama basketball, right? Like, mm-hmm. so let's take it out of number one. Y'all don't run sets. You just y'all it's backyard hooping. Y'all just out there playing like you at the wreck yeah, and throwing sure. up shots. You think you the uh, the Golden State Warriors, but you ain't got that kind of heat, bro. That's like, what Kentucky just, does. Mm-hmm. Calipari just gets better players. That's right. right. So, so again, this is this right. is a this is the, the the problem with good basketball teams versus elite basketball teams is you don't just have talent, you also have coaching that can reset and calibrate recalibrate during a game to make sure that talent is being maximized. And that right. is what coach Bruce Pearl is doing on a mm. consistent basis. He's making right. sure, okay, you know what? This is, man, oh my God, I can't wait till we get into these basketball breakdowns. They talked about it during the broadcast. Um, Be Will, 
<laughs> you think I'm insufferable during a football game. You don't want to sit and watch <laughs> basketball with me. Um, the back screens that they started doing on the pick and roll action. So we got a high pick and roll with Walker Kessler. As he's rolling to the goal, they set a back screen on the guy who's supposed to be guarding the rim protection to throw the lob so Kessler can get around the backside. Now you've got a pin down in the corner because you got a shooter in the corner. You've got likely going to be Wendell Green rolling downhill off of a pick and then Kessler running wide open to the lane. That's a smart move. He figured out, okay, Missouri showed y'all how to defend our Mm -hmm. pick and roll. Let me throw a wrinkle in it. How are you going to defend this one? Mm-hmm. That's what good basketball coaching does for you. Yes. You right. understand what your talent is good at. They started throwing the 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 Kate KD Johnson figured out how to throw a lob on the backside to uh, Devin Cambridge yes. last mm-hmm. night, boy. Uh, I, yes. said, yeah. I said, what? KD, KD uh, seeing yes. the floor? If KD Johnson starts seeing you're going. You're not gonna beat this team if they if they keep getting better like this. Is all I'm yeah. saying, bro. Yeah, it's, it's they, pretty if they impressive. keep evolving, it's gonna be a problem. Mm, yeah. yeah, and still have not played a complete basketball game. Last night was close, but still mm. not 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 a full complete. This is this is one of their closer games to playing complete. Yeah, and they scored a hundred and not a complete game. Yeah, listen, think about um, that. They have they Bruce. scored a hundred and not a complete game. That's scary. Coaching. Bruce Pearl said, hey, guys, stop selling for jump shots. They cannot not foul us. Yeah. They're yeah. fouling. We went to the free throw line in that game um, 39 times. We shot 79% yeah. from the free throw line. 31 field goals made. That is the primary reason we got to 100 because they just kept we hit giving us five three-pointers. Out of 21. Yeah, we shot. We shot. Yeah. 23%. It, was, it wasn't a great shooting night and still put up 100. Yeah, they couldn't. They Not just, just that. They and didn't us. shoot great from the free throw. We got a lot of free throws and still missed a good amount of. Like, shoot, I, yeah. Jabari missed like three or four free throws last night. I was like, ba- what is that going was on? Baffling. That was they baffling. Shot, they shot 80% from the free throw it's, line I mean, last it was, night. I'm just saying, like, I, I, well, I guess I'm Pe- just thinking specifically of Jabari. Like, I didn't expect Jabari, Jabari, yeah, Jabari to Jabari stood any, out for me. And I was like, bro, what is happening? Yeah. Now I and know we, we still put up a hundred. I know we keep saying this, but I gotta tell you, I thought I have been feeling like Kessler is a is a a great free throw shooter, and now I looked at his percentages. But doesn't it feel like he makes every free throw? He's got better. He's got better. He's got better as the season goes. He has not been going to the line as frequently later in the season. He was going a lot more earlier, and he was mm-hmm. struggling from the free throw line. Yeah. So he's going less, but he's making them more frequently now. Okay, yeah, because I just feel he feels pretty automatic. Like I never worry about him making a free throw for some reason when he he's, steps he, up. I mean he's got a good he's got a good shooter stroke, man. Yeah. Like he's hitting more threes now. He's more I think this is the most confident if you watch Walker Kessler play the first four or five games yeah. of the season, he didn't look confident. He didn't really understand what his role was supposed to be offensively. Right. He was just kind of out there. His confidence is through the roof now and he is hoping. Mm-hmm. Right. The chase down block he had last night, I was like, oh. bro yeah. Number one, I so I, I honestly didn't think he was gonna get there. I saw him closing and I was like, uh, he that man, he I he really got like an extra like couple of inches on his arm or something that he just randomly releases on some go go gadget stuff. Like I don't understand how he gets to some of these blocks, dog. Yeah. What stood out for me with that game, man, is Alabama 
was going to play us better than they played last time because they got embarrassed at home. They really choked in the first game. Quinterly choked in the corner. They didn't play a great game with our most pivotal player on the bench. I knew they were going to give us a better game, but our team here at home, it's not the same thing, man. Like, your shot was at Coleman Coliseum. That was your chance. Y'all blew it, man. They came close. They were shooting real good. Wendell Green, I know Walker Kessler's the player of the game. Wendell Green. Uh, Wendell Green was who? Sure. Is he, the o- he is the offense. Mm-hmm. He is the offense. Well, he Walker Kessler is game, the most bro. important player on defense. Wendell Green is the most important player on offense. The basketball uh, Twitter account, Auburn's men's basketball, put together a little uh, cut up of all the highlights of the game. And because I shared it in, in our Slack. And if you look through it, like 85% of those plays is Wendell Green making something happen. On, right. on a pass, on a lob, on by himself, just cooking somebody and just a little Good. fallback jump shot. That is the most important player on offense. Without him, we'd probably look a lot more like Bama. Katie just trying to cook somebody. Jabari just trying to go one-on-one. Uh, Flanagan just trying to go one-on-one. Like that, That's what we would look like without Wendell. So glad we got Kessler. Glad we got Wendell Green, though, man. That's one and two, the two most important players to this team are Kessler and Wendell Green. The beautiful layup that he got fouled on when he ended up flexing. That's oh. smacked in the face and didn't get fouled. But, oh, yeah. Uh, man, hold up, bro. Like, Walker Kessler got cheated out a couple blocks last night on some bogus whistles, man. He did. Oh. Yeah. He did. That's a fact. But Wendell Green got uh, a right hook or a left hook to the jaw. And uh, yeah, he got smacked up pretty, pretty good. He got pretty punched good. in the face. That was yeah. a punch, man. I can't believe they didn't call that. He was on the ground like, uh, it's like, ref, really? <laughs> uh, Sherman, appreciate your bro. Jabari looks like the number one pick in the draft. What do you guys, how do you guys feel about Yes, that? yes, 100%. Uh, Take him already. Uh, uh, listen, this is, that's a biased take for me, for me, yeah. because I hadn't watched enough other players that are considered to be high draft yeah. picks. To that's, okay. that's a homer take. That's fair. Yeah, that's definitely one of those things where it's like, I need to watch some of these other dudes to say, oh, yeah, Jabari's head and shoulders above those guys. Yeah. But he could ball. You're going early. We also haven't seen any, I haven't watched any of the G League guys. The guys who chose the G League over coming Mm -hmm. to college, those guys are actually getting professional coaching in the the affiliation of NBA teams right now. And they could be getting developed just as much as as Jabari is getting developed right now. Because I think those guys, I'm thinking like, they ain't having as much fun, though. That's the difference. That's the difference. Um, But a lot of those guys who were in the G League last year, they are balling in the NBA this year. So I think maybe with development and recruitment from going right up to the pros, they probably are going to be giving G League guys a really, really hard look because they they have all played. I want to say for the most part, every guy G League guy who got drafted last year is starting or contributing and looking really good when they contribute for their team. So yeah. number one, maybe not, but I still think he's top three. Oh, he's going early. He's going really early, and yeah. it's going to be a, another good look for for Auburn University, man. You know, mm-hmm. Bruce Pro is going to be right there. Man, I just tried to try to say some crap about like y'all. I see, want to see how y'all look when Jabari leaves next year. Good again. Shut up. Yeah, listen, listen. Okay, so can, people, can we, people want to people just want to reduce it to just, just this year? Go ahead, Mike. Can, can, can we talk about this for a second? Because this is this was a Bama fan was trying to tell me this as well, like. You know, how many games do you think y'all will win without Jabari? And I'm like, a lot. Have you seen our team? <laughs> now, I'm right. not going to act like he's not going to. Not having him would have 
some sort of effect. But you know, this was this was an Alabama fan. This was a Kentucky fan after Ty Ty <laughs> went out making this argument. Mm-hmm. And my point was like, hey, if the entirety of your ability to be able to win that game was based on that one player, you're not very deep, which was the original comment was, you know, Kentucky has some depth issues. Right. If the fall office is that hard, then yes, you have some depth issues. But that is mm-hmm. that's not like a super insult. That's most college basketball teams, right? Like after right. the ones, Especially there's a drop off like to two. Especially a school like Kentucky. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I know he's... Sad for him. But I hate whatever. hearing this. You know how much I heard this after the Cam season? Well, we already have Cam Newton. You mean if we didn't have a great player, we wouldn't be great? You think? What kind of stupid uh, keep my monetization stuff is that to say? <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. Good players. You, you, uh, everybody's trying to win this. There's the fan base who brags about a number one recruiting class right. every oh, year. You have get good seats. players so you right. can win. Yeah. What are y'all Man, talking y'all, about? Y'all have Bryce seats. Young as oh quarterback. Uh, yeah, that's how it works. Oh, yeah. that's, that's, how that's how sports work. I don't get, I don't get that. I don't get that. But, you know, <laughs> injuries are part of sports. So, like, I, I hated seeing Ty Ty get hurt. But the truth is, I do believe, like, if we had an injury to Wendell Green, this team would fi- would adjust and find a way to score. I, like yeah. I, I just our coach has been so good at, at adjustments in game, and in basketball they have to happen faster, right? Mm-hmm. So like I, I don't know, man. I, I just think they've done such a phenomenal job with development. Uh, so I, I don't know. War Report family, it's your boy B Will. We want to thank you for listening to the Wednesday Night War Room in podcast form. Now, we got more content we want to get you here specifically as podcasts. We know you love the convenience of it, but that takes time and resources. So we're asking for sponsors. If you or anybody you know would like to reach Auburn fans, specifically the War Report's Auburn fan community, then hit us up. Business at thewarreport.com. That's business at thewarreport.com. And to continue to fuel our growth, please rate and review this podcast right now on whatever service you're listening on. That's all I got for now. So, not going to hold you up. Let's get back to it. Desi Joe says, did y'all see that Bama politician change his tone, his Twitter feed? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did see his ah, Twitter yeah, story. So, so, Ben Bloodworth told us about this thing, yeah. and then he tagged us, and he was like, hey, Mike, Caesar, enjoy. And before I could get over there, because he tag he quote tweeted and tagged us. And before I could get over to his Twitter, he blocked me. So, <laughs> so I, I blocked. And I was like, and at first I was like, what did I even do? I've never even heard of this dude before today. He just and, saw the quote tweet and he was like, nope, I know yeah. what's about to happen. Say, this Ben right. guy's a troublemaker. I'm blocking him and I'm blocking everybody he tagged. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know what's going on over there. I got blocked. Hilarious. <laughs> that's, that's funny to me. He was like, nope. Hey. He must run the um, Bama uh, men's basketball yes. Twitter. As a social media event. It's smart. Yeah, the one All time I wish I, had a, I wish, wish I had a burner. So I could just like go around. Right. <laughs> Hello, cuz. Hello, cuz. What's, what's up? Spicy, bro. Why you got to do this, man? He said, "Can we talk about Cambridge yeah. shooting that?" One yeah, oh, it was, it was, it was. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I literally, I, I messaged in our chat. I was like, "Where was he shooting that, bro?" Oh, like that, the, was rough. that joint hit the top of the backboard right at, like it was just like I was like, "Bro, did what? What's what happened?" You know what? I can't, I can't excuse it. He did hit one three. 
though in the game. He did. And, he and did. I mean, half. splashed yeah. it. And I was and like, I, oh. And I, and I think that's that's what he was like, you know what? Hey, <laughs> I hit one earlier. Let's give it another shot. And he took I really thought he was about to light up on him, man. I, when he when he when he when he set for that second one, I was like, oh, Cambridge finna start. Oh. Wow. He pulled up with confidence. He pulled up wow. with mad confidence. He nothing wow. shaky about it until wow. it it now you need that. the shot clock. Need some confidence. Yeah, you, you need some results too. That was that was that was that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Listen, let's uh let's let's talk our stress levels. Before we start, hold up, see, hold up. Mike, where the hell are my damn gummies? <laughs> I took them to the office today to uh to send what? out vet to UPS. We have a UPS in my in my building. I was going UPS and I forgot. And I no. got stressed at work and I had to pop a <laughs> Oh, guys, I've been working so much overtime. I had to they're, take some they're, they're, in a, they're in a box. They're in a box under my desk. Oh, I promise hilarious. to send it out tomorrow. I promise to send it out tomorrow. You know, that never sounds good, too. I took, uh, Lawrence, I took, get, I took get, them to work with me, the right? Uh, Lawrence, you snitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tomorrow. I'll send you tracking tomorrow. <laughs> Only Mike G takes gummies to work with them. I'll put, uh, I'll put oh, some uh, man. lollipops in there, too. Hilarious. He sent lollipops. Um, so, at the half... <laughs> At the Dollar half, <laughs> Auburn was up 37-51. Alabama mm. actually closed in because actually Auburn was actually close to being up 20 late in the first half. Alabama went on a little bit of a run, mm-hmm. um, feeling good. And then all of a sudden, Quinterly just starts going off. Auburn kind of starts off slow. And Bama closes in as much as two points. They come within two points of Auburn. <laughs> what I want to know. I want to know from from Mike G. Where are you in terms of like your gummies mm. at that point? Did you did you need did you need a gummy or were you were you cool as the other side uh, of the pillow? As okay, they, as they say. all right. So at this point in the game, I was very publicly and on the record of being at a one gummy level stress. Yeah, <laughs> hey, well, I was just one gummy, and yo, honestly. If we had a half gummy image, I would put that up there. I was not worried at all. Now, the game mattered, but it was interesting. That same Gonzaga fan I told you about uh, earlier in the broadcast, he typed in a thread, hey, this game is getting good. Mm-hmm. And I very, in a very, very arrogant manner, t- t- typed back to him, nah, not really. And he mm-hmm. said, it's, it's a four-point lead. And I was like, yeah, we do this, though. We let teams back in, and then we end up winning by 10 or more. And Alabama's no different. And I also wasn't worried. I was a one-gummy because they were still taking a lot of really bad shots. I mean, they were jacking it up from 33 feet. The, the James Harden step-backs from, you know, the next county over, it just, I was like, if they're going to hit those shots, so be it. You live with it. Right. But those were really low percentage shots they were taking. And the law of average, and we defended, we ran them even further back from that free throw line, that three-point line to make it even more difficult. And combined with our defense and just the law of averages, I was just like, they're gonna have they're gonna miss some. They hit those shots versus Baylor, but Baylor also did not defend it very well. And they shot 60% from the field and they just kind of shot their way <coughs> to a win against Baylor. 
it was never going to happen against Auburn. And it, I was once Bruce Pearl decided to switch to a two-three zone. Right. Right. It was also they didn't know what to do with that. I asked him in the post game. I said, "Hey, they got back in it. You know, can you talk about adjustments?" And he was like, "Man, they didn't know what to do with our two-three zone. Right. They couldn't get around it. They couldn't penetrate it. They couldn't shoot over it. That one little adjustment, like a few minutes into the the second half." Really just had my stress at an all-time low. And then after we went up over 10 points, I was like, oh, this is over. This is this is all this is what Auburn does. Now, was there a chance that they hit some more of those crazy threes and stay close? Yeah, but they really needed that. If it had not been for Shackelford, I mean, who was their leading scorer on the game? Was it Shackelford or Quinterly? Uh it was Shackelford. Right. Had it not been for 26. Shackelford, yeah, five three-pointers he hit. That blowout would have been worse. He yeah. was six for six for fifteen from the floor, but it, in twenty six points, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, he was all they had, and he's not Superman. So I, I was a one gummy, one gummy, never sweated it. Seeing as though none of us have gummies yet, uh, we're going to just play a <laughs> hypothetical. B will how many? How many? All hypothetical. How many? <laughs> how many gummies? How many gummies did you have? I mean, this is really. It was kind of. It was kind of tight early, but you you were still feeling good about things. Where were you when Bama was making that run? I was at a one, maybe a two, but it didn't have anything to do with Bama. I thought one it was or two. pretty clear. Let's say two. Let's say two. Okay. All right. right in the middle. Two gummies. All right. Two. 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 What? What is the exact product name, Mike? Of the gummies. <laughs> It's a gummy. So can, it's a gummy. It's a gummy. Is it, so if I go to the to the website, it's gonna say a gummy. Yeah, it's gonna say gummies. It's gonna say gummies. It's gonna. It's not gonna say CBD gummy. This I don't know, man. Gummies. Go to the website and see. You are the connect. You ain't connected me, but you the connect. <laughs> you supposed to know. Yeah, I'll send you a pamphlet. Anyway, <laughs> the reason I, I needed two gummies was because I, I thought it was pretty clear last night that. Our our personnel and when people come into the game is what determines when people make runs on us. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is Zip Jasper at the one cannot do what Wendell Green can do at the one. We are stagnant offensively when Wendell is not in the game. Now, we can score some points. Defensively, we can turn some people over. We can get some easy buckets in transition. We can let KD do a little dancing, get him an easy shot. Well, not an easy shot, but he can he can go one-on-one and get that shot. But that's not offensively when we're at our best because we can't count on that one-on-one from KD. Not every time. We can't count on the one-on-one from Jabari, which is, again, why he's developing and he's getting better. But he putting the ball on the floor in the half court is not something he does extremely well yet. He did it a couple times last night, and I was impressed. He kind of tried to end somebody's life on the dunk. And that was one of the few times I saw him just put it down and go around somebody. He has a little a little ways to go before the com- the comparison for him is KD because of his length. But KD is really like a he has some insane handles for somebody his his height. Jabari doesn't have those, which is why if you watch him, once he's in the half court, once he gets to that elbow, he turns his back. Right. That's where he's most comfortable. And that is where he has extreme advantage, I would say, because his height. He's so much taller than most people guard him. That plus his reach, I can shoot over anybody if I'm 6'10 with that reach in college. So 
That's where he goes because he's comfortable. He needs to be able to turn around, face, and not just spot up for a shot when he faces, but actually give somebody the work straight up and get to the rim, not just to the baseline, but to the center of the, of the floor as well. He'll get there because I've seen him do it more, but we can't count on it yet. They made a run on us when Dylan Carwell's in the game. I'm sorry, man. It gets scary on the offensive end. When Kessler's not there catching them lobs in that pick and roll and Wendell's not dishing them, hey, it's scary. Bama doesn't have the personnel to exploit that. We're going to play a couple teams in the next few weeks who just might. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm watching that game going, man, I don't know. I see it now. I don't think I don't think we didn't play a complete game. I think we have weaknesses, and we've said this all season. We are beatable. Do other teams have the tools necessary to exploit our weaknesses? We can defend like crazy when our offensive guys are on the floor. Can you score enough on us? Can you get up 15, 16 on us? Because when Wendell and Kessler are on the floor at the same time, you forget it. We win in that. That's a plus for us every time. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Bruce gives Kessler some run defensively. He's going to make his presence known. He's going to rest him so he doesn't get in too much foul trouble. Kessler's not going to be there at the 12-minute uh, mark timeout. He's not going to be there for the first eight minutes. He's not going to be in the game until he gets tired and then pull him. He's going to play him, pull him, Cardwell, get in there, play some good defense, give us some good minutes. And in that time, Cardwell's going to bring the energy. We know we love his energy. But he's going to drop a pass. He just is. It's, it's, it's kind of counting on that. And he's going to defend with as much energy, but he is going to foul more often than Kessler will. That's just what it is. There's a step down from Kessler to Cartwell. So Bruce holds him, and he lets Cartwell get in there with Zip. When he brings Wendell in, he brings Kessler back in. It's a wrap. That is it. That's the game. So at the beginning of the second half, we go back to the first half rotation. Zip. Kessler, Cardwell's in for Kessler. Zep and Cardwell, that's the darkest hour. I'm not even trying to be mean or disrespectful. Their skill sets aren't what the skill sets of Wendell and Kessler are. Once Wendell and, and Kessler get back on the floor, that is a wrap for anybody and everybody that we play. So the two gummies were, I haven't watched enough of Arkansas play. I haven't watched enough of Florida now that they are whole. I haven't really watched enough Tennessee, honestly. I need to watch these people. I need to know what they can do against us. How far up do I think they'll get on us if they have a big that's talented? Like the big that Florida has? Uh, yeah. He's going to do yeah. some work on not only Cardwell, but he can get Kessler in foul trouble. Because Bama didn't have anybody in the middle with an offensive game. Right. So you don't have to worry about him getting fouled. I mean, he's going to rebound, but that's all he's going to do. And Kessler actually did that really well over him as well. We're going to play somebody that has a big that can get us in foul trouble or has a guard that can affect uh, Zepp ball handling because he doesn't handle the ball as well as Wendell Green does either. Somebody is going to have, they see it. If I see it, if we see it, then somebody else sees it. It's just, do they have the tools to exploit it? I don't know yet, but that's why I'm at a two. It had nothing to do with Bama. They were going to lose because they're losers. <clears throat> but they're not the only team in this conference we got to play. So we'll see. Ike? What say you, sir? You know, I, I I was cautious, but I won't say I was worried. So I'm gonna be at a one. Mm-hmm. What oh I'll God. say is the reason why I was not worried or needing to to like panic is because I just didn't believe Bama could sustain it. 
Yeah. Like I saw him getting hot and I was like, this ain't going to last. Like they're not going to be able to do this the entirety of this half. And at some point, like they're, they're going to make a run. We're going to sustain. Like I didn't, now I didn't, I'll be honest with you. I didn't see us winning by 19. Right. But I definitely thought we were going to win that basketball game, but I thought it was going to get tight down the stretch. Two, two, two reasons though. Fundamentally, Bama can't sustain it. We're at home. If this mm-hmm. had been in Tuscaloosa, I might have been a little bit more worried. They get the energy from the crowd, all that. Right, right. Um, you know, you know, us with our small, you know, basketball arena didn't have enough room for Bama fans to get in there, so we didn't have to worry about them coming. Plus, Bama fans, uh, they don't care about basketball, so they're not traveling to support their team. Right. Yeah. That's what they, they. That's what they told me last night. They don't care about basketball, so. Yeah. Why does it matter? Anymore. Anymore. You know, they tried to camp out in front of their arena. They had like three people or something. I don't know. Um, Because they don't care about basketball. That's what they told me. Anyway, one. Because it's Bama. And who's worried about a street? I I had one, two. I had one, two, Ike. Because when I was looking in the second half, the the two, the the guys who were going off were Quinley and Shackelford. That's why you can't sustain it. It's not like it was a group effort. It's not like guys were feeding off of them. They were pretty much coming down, and as you said earlier, that we're not running any set offenses. It was just, we're going to get buckets. You can't sustain that. Pretty soon, you're going to get winded. You're going to have to come come to the bench. Which Which is why the zone worked. Yes. You can't get downhill against the zone. It's not how that jump works. Like you right. have to, it's got to be ball movement and some kind of sets out of that, or you have to shoot over the top of it. Great, we're just gonna extend the zone, shoot from further, have fun. Right, you can consistently make that from thirty-five. Best of luck to you. Right, and that's how they were getting some shots because one guy would drive, we would crash down on him before playing zone. One guy would be open behind the three, but once again, once we played zone. All that, and that's when we started to pull away. I just didn't feel like they were going to be able to continue that, especially with those guys just going downhill, playing the way they were. They played an amazing game, but it was just those two guys. Mm-hmm. So I, as long as we were continuing to play good defense and we we were continuing a rhythm offensively, I was not worried. Even though they did get close, I didn't think they were going to be able to sustain that. So one gummy for me. Let's grab some super chats. I want to get Mike G's thoughts on uh, you mentioned NIO with uh, with J Cam. Let's talk about that later. But let's let's get to these super chats. Jazzy Joe says, "So what? So that's what's behind <laughs> the brick wall. Everybody's gummies. Mike, you have a problem. <laughs> Y'all notice he hasn't punched a table since the brick wall went up. <laughs> hey, it's a true story. Though. Hilarious hey, gummies. Hey." Coach Bruce Pearl punched that scores table last night, and you saw him mm-hmm. look down at his hand. He somebody should have asked him in that post game, Coach, is your hand okay? Because yeah, yeah. uh, he got mad about a foul call. He slapped the scores table. I was like, "Duh, bro!" Like, yeah. He needed have you been three chopping gummies. bricks, sir. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was. I was like, "Man, that hand. He, he's got some pretty meaty hands, though. So he he had to hit it pretty hard for him to feel that. But he definitely looked down at his hand like, gosh, maybe I shouldn't do that." Uh, you know what? He was a three gummy at the end when the backups messed up the inbound Bro. pass. Woo. Oh yeah, the Chris, backup. Yeah. We're up by eighteen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Chris oh. Borg stepped over the inbounds line before he inbound. I thought Bruce Pearl was gonna walk out on the court and choke slam this oh, man. Oh my god, he was <laughs> upset. I was like, Uh-oh. man, the game over with. Calm down, sir. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. He was like. Come on. 
More, more wish the I game see. was over. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, oh, man, that was hilarious to me, man. Jonathan Jonathan Harris says I like the Jason Tatum comparison for Jabari. Okay, his mm-hmm. ball handler would have to get a little better physically. Yeah. I can kind of see. It. I would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tatum yeah, is I mean, a better they, they ball have, handler. They, they have very similar. Uh, Shoot, nah. Jason Tatum shoots a little differently. I don't know. I, I, I heard them make that comparison on the broadcast. I still say freshman year Syracuse Mellow is probably the best comparison for 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 Jabari. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, I still say that's probably the best comparison. He ain't. He's not. He's not quite hoodie Mellow yet. He ain't got that. <laughs> you know, the what I'm hoodie Mellow was. He ain't got so that KD weak. rock back and forth. That oh double God. cross that KD will put on him, you know what I'm yeah. saying? No, yeah, KD is just got that. KD is a unicorn, man. Like his yeah. his height, his ability to, to just his handles is just ridiculous. T Park says, if you look at the most successful teams in AU football history, at a minimum, 75 percent of those rosters were made up of top talent from the state of Georgia. Yeah, we always do good in Georgia. Georgia guys do well here for really obvious well. reasons. I mean, we're so close. I mean, we're we're almost practically in Georgia. So mm-hmm. that makes that makes a ton of sense. Uh guys, how are we how are we feeling about this upcoming weekend? Is is it potential for a trap game? No. Potential for a letdown game? How how are no, we feeling about I this? I think game? we're beyond that. Like I mean, so there is no game that is not a like listen, it's college it's basketball, period, but it's college basketball. Anybody can potentially get hot and have an amazing game. I just don't know if Georgia can do it for 40 minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the di- Like, can they do it for the entirety of a basketball game? Right. Like, we're going to have to shoot as poorly as we did against Missouri. They're going to have to defend as well as South Carolina did. And they're going to have to shoot as well as Ole Miss did. You know what I mean? Like, that's all of that's got to happen in one game for a very bad basketball team. War Report family, you are listening to the Wednesday Night War Room podcast. You're in the right place for great discussion of Auburn sports news, but there's so much more available to our YouTube channel patrons. Patron-level supporters get first dibs on select content, special chat privileges when we have special segments and big-time guests, and only patrons get access to our off-season football film reviews that kick off after A-Day. We're talking next-level film breakdowns to look at what we did in 2021 and even give us a glimpse of what to expect in 2022. And did I mention the patron giveaways? So head on over to our YouTube page and look for the join button. Become a patron-level member and get your weight up. All right, now let's get back to it. Mike G, uh, Tommy, you 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 mentioned J. Cam and NIL. You wanted to mention some stuff about that. You want to yeah, talk about it? Yeah, you know, I mean, there is a lot of... NIL has been at the top of everybody's mind with the portal and wondering if we compete, you know, and there's an idea being perpetuated specifically that I want to just kind of not really shoot down. Well, yeah, shoot down, but also explain. Um, Now, again, I mentioned these message boards where people are just like, oh, you know, there's this one, uh, you know, uh, Agents of the dark forces that is spreading a narrative <laughs> that Harson is not embracing NIL. Right. And so when I hear that immediately, I think this is this is foolishness that we're talking about. But let me I started asking some questions and I realized, you know, from talking to some people that not everybody understands what NIL really is. 
And so I thought it would be important. So, so people saw, oh, this is a big move by Auburn bringing Jason Campbell on. And I'm like, Auburn did not bring Jason Campbell on. NIL Auburn is a separate business apart from the university that is providing a subscription model type NIL deal to athletes that fans could get in on. So if you go to their website and you click on one of the sports, there are three options. And there's a 250 a $500, and a $1,000 a month option. Now, if you're not some super big donor, this is a great way for you to get in on sponsoring athletes. And for each one of those packages, you get access to autograph events and, and the, the players who sign up with NIL Auburn have an oblig they get a share of the money but they have an obligation to show up these events and do certain things as a part of their sponsorship deals through NIL. Now, on the recruiting trail, Brian Harson can mention it. But you know how much control Brian Harson has over it? Less than zero. None. These the NIL is about a free market where student athletes can collaborate with businesses or individuals, right, to make a deal to profit on their name. No dollar comes through the university. Auburn's only role in the process is to make sure that whatever deals are struck with their athletes are in compliance with state law because it's not the same everywhere. So not everybody in every state can take advantage of NIL the way athletes in some other states did. Do Now, how does this loop back to recruiting? Some states are going to have an advantage over other states. Schools in some states are going to have an advantage if they've got better NIL laws on the books. And things that they can do and things that are more lucrative for the student athlete. I'm sure that's going to be taken into account. But I'm telling you, if you we asked Bruce Pearl about this and and not in a presser in our interview, we talked to Bruce Pearl about NIL. And he said, you know, coach, how do you adapt to this? And he told Ike, he said, listen, I can point to Jabari Smith's deal and say, look at what you can achieve if you come here. But you cannot be involved. This isn't pay for play. Yeah, right. The university, Brian Harson is not brokering deals for recruits. He should, or he shouldn't be. No coach should. Bruce Pearl should not. No coach anywhere. Now, you can talk about, like, you know, if you're Texas A&M, uh, you know, I know Jimbo was going off, but the truth is Texas A&M has a very rich alumni base with a lot of very successful business owners that you don't even have to ask. They were just going to step up and do it. Yeah. They were right. looking for ways to get involved. Right. This is, this is what's going to grow the difference between the haves and the have-nots. But I just want everybody to understand what NIL is. This is not Auburn University brokering deals with athletes. That's not what this is. The university has to stay hands-off unless it's about compliance. And they can work with NIL Auburn to make sure that any of our athletes joining your program, that your, your, your deal and your structure and your, 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 your packages are compliant with state law in Alabama. Right. Other than that, hands off. 
So when people are saying, oh, well, Harson isn't embracing NIL, what the hell is he supposed to do? <laughs> this is up. the first year of this, <laughs> and the money's not coming from him. Son, do you know who Jimmy Rain is? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God! I just don't understand. That's how harsh it sounds in someone's in some, someone's kid living room. Oh my God! Like you know, I mean, you you should you should not be making as a coach. You should not be making introductions. Right. All you can do is refer the student athlete to resources in the NIL department, and they have to be, be their own small business owners. Does the name Spanky Johnson mean anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, man, I'm just, you know, I, I'll tell you what. I know I've been critical of this coach, you know, uh, of some of the decisions that he he's made. Ultimately, we just want to see Auburn do well. Back, sure. We just want to see Auburn do well. So, you know, uh, being a fan on board doesn't mean you, you can't have questions. But some of the criticisms of right now, of everything is his fault, is really starting to irk me. The narrative about Davis, at some point, I don't ever want to be so cynical that I lose the ability to take people at their word. I understand right. what Derek Mason just did. But the, and the, I understand the optics of having Austin Davis exit not too long after. But the truth is, those situations were apart and separate from each other. And this guy really did have things going on at home that we were able to verify after the fact. That affected his ability to be the offensive coordinator at Auburn University. The situation was unfortunate. But to pin that on Brian Harson, man, I'm just like, you know, like some things he is responsible for. I just want to caution everybody from jumping into the, you know, um, uh, uh, everything is Harson's fault train right now. There are a lot of things happening in college sports at this moment. And he maybe he got an opportunity, but I, man, could it have been at a worse time with NIL and transfer portal and, you know, all this stuff going on and, and, and I, what happened with in, in our coaching change and all the things mm. that, you know, if you, when you put it all in a box, it's a lot. And he showed that he's human and that he's going to make mistakes. All I care is that he learns and he writes the ship. Right. Right. So it looks a little bumpy, but, you know, I'm standing up for our coach a little bit tonight and just saying, like, I've heard a lot behind the scenes. I just don't think it's time to throw this staff away. They're going to be here next year, and I would rather find a way to root for what they're doing and be hopeful than to sit here for an entire offseason gloom and doom. Let's let's ju- let's judge this coaching staff based off the of games, yeah. not not the latest news in January, like mm-hmm. what Ike said. Half of which was he's not even right. 